This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Banging on the Drum. I'm your host here, P-Dog, along with my host over there, M-Dog. Let me hear you bark, Mike. That was good. That was good. Mike's feeling it tonight. So how you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. So I'm uh, uh, so today was my Friday. So I came home and I started. I don't want to say like I had a few beers when I was making dinner. Right. So I was growing and I was drinking a few beers. So I'm already like half in the bag to start the podcast. So I mean, I'm excited about it. It's the first one in a while that I've done while I was drinking. So I like it. And there's no chance you can go out and grill and not have a few beers. It's, it's just against the rules. I think of, of life there. Yeah. And so like for me, so I fast all day. So I fast until four o'clock and I like to come home and just have like three beers before I really get any food in my system. And that makes me just like the perfect amount of drunk. It's great. Like just nice and buzzed up. So you fast, like you don't even eat breakfast. No, coffee. So I drink coffee black and then I'll have that probably everything. I have a pot usually before, um, about 10 and then from 10 to four, I'll have usually nothing. Like I don't even drink water that much anymore, which is probably not so great for me. But then, so on days like today, when I get home, I just want to, and you do that every day of the week. Well, I don't week. drink every day of the week, but yeah. No, no, no. So I shouldn't say that. So on the weekends, I'm usually pretty lenient. So tonight I had a like a like a like a double quarter pounder. I put it out on Twitter. It looked real good tonight. I couldn't help it. And then I was drunk, so I was like, gotta post my food. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I can't believe you've always loved having like some sort of weird discipline in your life i don't know yeah i would i would agree at least from like the point where you started trying to get back in shape i did enjoy having like an odd diet to some extent yeah you try and paleo one week fast in the next week man i couldn't even imagine fasting until four in the afternoon because I'll eat breakfast and then I'll go to school and then I try not to eat when I'm at school just because I don't want to buy something. And when I get home, I am starving. And that's probably from, so if I eat breakfast at eight, it's only till like four. And so I guess, I mean, what is that? That's eight hours. So, but yeah, that's, that's crazy to me, especially drinking coffee and I think I'd be jittery too. Yeah. So I'm getting to like a pot of coffee and not feeling jitters at all. And I've drank that pot of coffee between five and six in the morning at times and not like it doesn't even affect me for the day. Right. The whole pot between five and six. And I'll just feel like, all right, let's keep rolling. And then two o'clock, I'm like, maybe I should make some more coffee. (laughs) 
just have to take a nice dump and then pee all day and you're good to go. Yeah. So that is the dump. Like, so I'm really bad about having to piss all the time. So probably until like, and it's probably only until like noon, but I'm going to the bathroom like right away in the morning. It's like every half hour. And then it lengthens out a little bit and ends up being like every 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And that's still noon. And then from noon to like four, I can make it pretty easily because I'm pretty dried out by then. You're crazy. I need to start drinking more water, but that's. Yeah, that's, me too. Like I should probably have water once I get done with my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I try to drink water, but whatever. That's a conversation for a different time. So let's roll into this, Mike. I see we both did our homework pretty well. This should be our best episode we ever have. We're going to try to keep it to right around an hour, but we will see how this goes. And we are going to start it with hot in the streets. Pew, 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 pew. All right. We got gunshots and everything. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's how the hot streets sound. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'll get it started and I'll just say that uh, as we covered on the last episode, so maybe not super hot in the streets, but um, Paul Christ has been fired and Jim Leonard is now the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. I think that's kind of a huge thing in Wisconsin sports, uh, something that I don't think we can overlook as something that's being hot in the streets. A lot of college coaches are kind of getting moved out middle of the season, which I don't remember really happening ever. Yeah. So you saying this now, so my, uh, my spicy meatball is going to, uh, correlate with this pretty good. So I'm just going to get that out right of the way. But so with this keel was telling us that in our last episode, that the team was pretty upset that he, that Paul Chris got fired, which I was the like, players. yeah, the players and like the other coaches apparently um, were not very happy about uh, Paul Chris getting fired in the middle of the season. Like he did. But then my spicy meatball is though, it's their fault. Like me as a fan, and I know Keel's kind of a smarter fan in this sense, like he's not impatient, you know, he he'll be with the Badgers forever. I mean, so will I. Um, but I don't think it hurts me as much when they're they're not as good. It hurts me, but like Keel lives and dies by this. But I mean, to me, like Paul Chris getting fired after just getting by Illinois I thought it was almost fair and it didn't bother me that much but we did go over that on the last episode with Jim Leonard but I was surprised or I guess I wasn't surprised by the players reactions but they got nobody to be pissed off at besides themselves like Graham Mertz is there like oh no they shouldn't have fired him well no shit you don't think they should have fired him you're a subpar quarterback playing d1 football at a premier school you and you're know, not being held accountable yeah exactly right that's, so like that's like us working at the gym i mean to be to be fair like it didn't matter what we did we were never really held accountable yeah we were shitty employees right and so it was kind of nice to work there because even if you fucked up nothing was going bad yeah i mean if you egregiously fucked up like you're 
you you would get in trouble. It wasn't like we could get away with murder there, but like you could be a lazy pile of crap and like you not, could almost do nothing. Yeah, yeah, get, not do floor on by. Yeah, and that's what Mike did. So <laughs> he made it there. The epitome, of, the epitome of just nothing. No, but yeah. So I just thought I'd throw my spicy meatball in there, get that one out of the way. But I'll let you roll into your next one. So Joe Judge hits a 60-second home run of the season. Um, he has a 311 average with 131 RBIs. I'm hoping Pat's not messing with me while we added those stats, so, which really would be absolutely great if he kind of did. But I'm hoping he wasn't. Um, no. God, you give me too much credit. So do a lot of my friends. They always think I'm messing with them. But, no, those are those are real stats. Yeah, it, but but it, you seriously say, say – ju- Oh, okay. Never mind. You're and when we say Joe, we mean Aaron Judge, right? So uh, I had it in quotes on here. Like, I guess I kind of think you guys can see that. And you can't. But um, so Aaron, on this show, known as Joe Judge. We just uh, call him Joe. 60, yeah, 62 bombs. And that's a pretty impressive season. I think probably the most impressive season we've seen really since the steroid era when it comes to home runs. Yeah, I mean, home runs, RBIs. I can't remember. I should know this better. I feel like someone touched a triple crown. Um, Detroit Maybe Tigers. did. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, but he was scraping for it. So I think he was tied for first in RBIs. If not, he had the out rally one. And then he was like third or fourth in batting average. And I, I think the top one was like 315. I could be very wrong about that. I mean, I know he was like in the third or fourth range, but I, I can't remember what the leading yeah. average was. But yeah, damn. Which is, that's actually pretty low for when I started watching baseball. I think like 340 was winning the batting average title. Yeah. And I think baseball is kind of cyclical. Like, I think if you look at it through times, I do think this is probably the lowest average batting average that's ever been, um, if that makes any sense. But I do think like just watching the game. So sure, they're all about launch angle and analytics and like striking out doesn't really mean that much. And these defensive shifts, but I think someone's just going to go in there and kind of change the game and be like, Hey, like if they're going to play you like that, I know it's not the easiest thing to lay a bunt down. Cause you know, that's like the, the answer to it is like, why don't, why doesn't that guy just bunt to third base and he'll get on base every time, which isn't the easiest thing to do being redundant. There. Right. But like, if you train to do it, you, you, I mean, if you train to do it more, you know, you're going to be able to slap the ball better. You're going to be able to just, get it out there. And I, I think, I think we're going to, I'm going to call in the next 10 years, there's going to be a small ball revolution that comes back. Ooh. There's going to be a team that does it, that scores a lot of runs playing small ball and then they copy it, go back. But that could be a spicy meatball on my, my part as well. So I think that's interesting because we see pitchers that are very, very good at laying down bunts. And they probably work on it more than the average hitter does. Yeah. 
But I mean, now pitchers don't even have to lay down bunts anymore. And you can just, I mean, if there's a glaring hole on a side of the infield, like it, like I said, three times now, it's not easy to bunt, but it's easier to bunt than hit a home run. Like, yeah. yeah. And if, if you get on base, I mean, who gives a shit how you're getting on base, but, but yeah. Anyway, Joe Judge, 62 bombs. I think it's pretty impressive. And then uh, another thing, MLB-related, the playoff field is set. I mean, so I think the season is just about done, if not completely done right now. Yeah, it's Uh, Pat would be able to – yeah. And so uh, the American League has the Rays and the Guardians facing off in the first round, Seattle versus the Blue – or the Mariners versus the Blue Jays. And then the Yankees and Astros have buys going into the first, the first round or whatever. And then in the National League, we have the Cardinals versus the Phillies, the Mets versus the Padres, and the Braves and Dodgers have their buys. So, uh, if you had to take a guess, who's coming out of the American League, Pat? The Astros. I, I was just looking at some numbers today, and like they're pitching. Is but I don't know why I love quality starts as a stat, and I want to say they have like thirty more quality starts than the next team. Um, and then their their just record shows their pitching shows, but it is playoff baseball, so it's going to be different. It is kind of cool to see Seattle back in there. It would have actually been a good trivia question if you just asked me. Uh, who who made the playoffs in the American League because I think looking at that list the Rays Guardians it, it's actually surprising to me that the Rays Blue Jays Guardians Seattle the, the only teams I think I would have got right are the Yankees and the Astros yeah I think I mean so I do not follow American League baseball hardly at all these days like and so, like, I pay attention to where the Brewers are kind of going to be at. So I know kind of that the Phillies and the um, Padres were in it, right? I knew the Mets were decent team this year. I know the Dodgers have been good. I didn't know the Braves were going to be good. Um, I assumed the Brewers would be in the Cardinals spot, and they just aren't, right? They shit yeah. the bed is my opinion on it. Um, but I don't think that I would have – yeah, the the American League, I would have had no idea. Astros, I assume, are good. Even the Yankees, I don't necessarily think that they've made the playoffs that often the last 10 years. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's bad on my Not like part, when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, maybe I need to start paying a little bit more attention. But, yeah, on the flip side of that, though, I, like if, if the trivia was National League, I think I would have got Dodgers, Braves, Padres, I think I would have got them all actually because I just knew who the Brewers were chasing down, and they were chasing down uh, the Phillies. I knew the Mets had uh, that division locked up for a while and kind of pissed it away. Dodgers are just a great team, uh, yeah. And, and they were, and the Brewers were also chasing the Padres for a little while. So I mean, like knowing that all those teams were pretty good wasn't wasn't surprising to me but i am actually 
surprised at how surprised I am at what teams are in the American League playoffs this year. All right, so I'm going to say that it's not going to be the Astros. I have zero idea who it actually will be that comes out of the Astros. I think those 30 quality starts come your come from your fourth and fifth starter who are essentially obsolete when it comes to the playoff time. They're in your bullpen though. Like that's No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that they, but if you get a quality start, 6 innings, you're not going to ever go to um those two guys you don't need a guy that has extended innings there you're going to go to your three finishers because they're going to get a day of rest almost all the time anyway they can go without a day of rest two days in a row one day of rest two days in a row which is what the playoffs is set up like it's not set up like the actual season which is a little disappointing where you just play five days in a row yeah um i kind of like that it's not just so everybody's well-rested. I am also looking at this and kind of confused. I think I could figure it out because I think that last playoff spot is a one-game playoff. So between the Rays and the Guardians, but whatever. I I didn't look at the format before this, so I'm not going to keep talking on my ass about it. But I know there's something there, I know that's the way it used to be, but the way I looked at the bracket is is that, like, the first round is four total games. I thought maybe there was they let another pl- team in and it was a play-in game, or I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe they expanded it to six and it was only at five because I I want to say like ten years ago it was only at four. Yeah, yeah, that was that's definitely so. Oh yeah, no, you're right. So I don't know if the first round is three games. I assume that the first round's short series. Um, so why would make sense, or even like a one-time plan, right? Best like of one three could be fun. Best of three, okay. So the wild cards, best of three, NL. Uh, is it wow? Why well, that's redundant on their part. Um, then the divisional series, best of five, and then the AL championship, NL championship, or championship round is best of seven, and then obviously the World Series is best of seven. So maybe I do kind of like that actually. Um, but it's, yeah, you can get, I don't like, I don't like that. It's three game series and then a five game series. Um, I feel like major league baseball is used to playing six out of seven days at least. Right. To have two off days in one week would be weird. And so to have a three game series where they're probably getting a day off in the middle of there and then to have another day or two off before the series starts i think it's a little weird yeah no i I get how it's a little weird because it kind of changes the game completely where baseball is just kind of one of them sports where it's like an endurance sport like you got to stay healthy you got to play every day you got to show up you got to keep your head in the game and then they get to the playoffs got to be level yeah and they get to the playoffs and they turn it into like like how the NBA is, is like, we want the best, most talented team to win, not the 
where I think in baseball, it's like the mentally strong prevail in that, uh, that can deal with the ebbs and flows of the season. But anyways, let's, let's get into the brewers then after that, cause that's going to be my hot in the streets. I'm going to sneak our favorites in the fly. So from that conversation, uh, you can conclude that the Brewers didn't make the playoffs, uh, finish a game back of the Phillies going four and six in their last 10 games. A lot of would have, should have, could have for this year. So batting wise, we finished 22nd in average with the 235 average, 13th in on base percentage. So that wasn't awful, but I mean, middle of the pack there uh, with the 315 on base percentage. 10th in run scored with 725, third in home run. So we were bopping dingers. I mean, you all know that uh, with 219. Pitching, we were 12th with a 3.83 ERA, uh, giving up 615 earned runs over the season. And then our defense was dog shit, uh, 20th in fielding percentage, 0.984. Uh, 91 errors, which was 11th, but lots of things you could prove on lots of things they could have done worse. Um, we've stated this on the podcast many times. It's if this happened 15 years ago when Mike and I were teen, yeah, you'd still been a teenager. Um, we'd have been super excited, but it's just not that anymore. So we're going to see, if it's time to move on from, from old Craig, I don't know in baseball that I think fit, switching a manager really fixes much. I know council kind of looks at the game from in an interesting perspective compared to a lot of managers in the league, which I enjoy. I love Craig council um, as a player, as a person, as far as I know about him as a person. But I am by far the worst GM ever because I would be the last one to fire everybody. Even in like the Mike McCarthy situation, I was like, no, we got to keep giving him time. By the time we did fire him, I was ready to fire him. But I know the the uh, Monday morning GMs in Wisconsin were firing Mike McCarthy about a year before I would have fired him. And I don't think, I think that was one of the times where the fan base was kind of right. Cause then we got LaFleur in there uh, and he started making Aaron Rodgers play on time and it's made a world of difference. So, yeah. So I knew people who wanted to fire Ted Thompson in 2010 though, too. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Then maybe, maybe McCarthy was on the same boat. Like we got to get rid of them. We've had three years where we're not super bowl contenders and, yeah. And then they win a Super Bowl, and then they all loved him for a long time, too. So um, I'm not really on board with firing counsel due to the fact that I think that he's a plus manager. He looks at the game slightly differently, like you said. Um, I think if this had happened 15 years ago and our uh, batting average was 235, we would have been for sure last in the league and not 22nd. Like You that think so? Been- Yeah, I do. Like, so I would always get pissed that we didn't have enough 300 hitters. Not that we didn't have one, but that we didn't have enough. And I don't think we have one this year. Yeah. But 
I wonder if that correlates with more with that pitching has gotten better yeah. uh, since now, or if it's the, the way people go about hitting nowadays has gotten different because I think if you looked at the numbers and the Brewers were hitting 235 with 219 home runs and 725 runs scored, I still think they'd be winning some games. Like, I think it's just a different brand of baseball that's being played is like, I I would have to look at 15 years ago. It'd actually be a kind of an interesting thing to see see and see how many runs say their average was uh, 260 or something, but they're only scoring 640 runs or compared to the 725. But I would imagine that the analytics is spelling that out for guys, right? And that's what the reason that they're like swing for the fences. It's more valuable than the average. But yeah. man, that seems weird to me. Yeah, definitely. But like I said, I think baseball is going to be so cyclical. I think there's going to be a way to, because batting averages, as I said, I didn't look up uh, what they were 15 years ago from now, but they, they definitely were higher. And yeah, it, it's, I think there's going to be a way to kind of mix in where you have guys get on base swinging for the fence, like kind of how it used to be, but like, a better way to mix it. Like we haven't seen the final product of what baseball is. And I think if you go 30 years back, it might look more like it does today. So I think it's just kind of, it's a circle, Mike. It goes around in circles. So <laughs> does that what cyclical means? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a circle. Oh, I, just, you know, I, I just didn't want to say cyclical again, because I've noticed yeah. when we're podcasting, uh, well, one of us will say one word and then one person will like the other word and then the other person. And then we end up saying <laughs> the same word like 10 more times yeah. throughout the whole time. So I was trying to think of a synonym for cyclical. Now I could think so, of a circle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I feel like I was listening today and to one to the um, Leonard is out one or whatever on the way home or Leonard is in and Chris is out. And I just realized that we might not be like opposites enough to really run this podcast. Yeah. We, right? we're a little... like, we don't fight enough on like our opinions. We're just like, Oh yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a great idea. Uh, which is fine. I, I actually think that there's room for both spaces, but we're not like um, Stephen a or uh, skip Bayless. Skip. Yeah. That was trying to think of Skip's name. So we're not those guys when we have a podcast, which I think is okay. Like, I think that we, I don't necessarily enjoy those guys. So I'm pretty comfortable with that. I hate where do you fall on the shift? So going back to baseball, I did. Sorry. We got sidetracked a little bit. Where do you fall on the shift when it comes to baseball? Like, do you think it needs to be removed or not removed? No, I don't think you should touch anything. I don't like the DH. I don't like it in the AL. I don't like it in the NL. I think baseball should be nine versus nine. Once you replace a player, they can't come back into the game. I, I just think there's things like shifting though. Like who cares? Like have uh, 
have 10 guys in left field or well, you can't have 10, but have nine guys in left field. If you want to have nine guys in left field, play the field the way you see fit to play the field. Like that doesn't bother me at all. It's more changing rules to score more runs or so the game's a little bit more exciting, which I don't even think so. Like I like seeing the payoff of Giovanni Garrido throwing nine innings, having a hit and hitting a home run and winning a game one to nothing. Like you're never going to see that shit. Yeah. And that shit. Yeah. That's going to be rare. Yeah. That shit was the, I mean, Shohei Otani maybe is the only guy that can do it left in the game, but just those cool games like that or, uh, CC Sabathia going eight innings, hitting a home run, a two run home run, winning a game one to nothing. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm way more opposed to the DH than I am. I mean, I'm cool with it. Like, I'm gonna watch baseball regardless. Like, it's not, I'm not losing sleep about them having DHs, but I just would rather not have a DH. And I guess to answer your question about the shift. No, do whatever the hell you want. Like it's your team, it's your choice. It's the way you play the field. I don't give a shit if there's two third basemen if you think the ball's going to get hit that third base, but it's stupid. It's not. But the but the shift if it works it's been smart, but learn how to beat the shift and that's why I'm saying that baseball is going to change. The way that the hitters approach shifts is going to change and yeah. then they're going to have to put the guys back where they used to be. Well, so I think it's uh people say ban the shift, right? That you can't you can't play the way you know they're deciding to play, like right. But there's no assigned positions in baseball. Right? Baseball players stand where they stand because that's the most logical thing to do. And so right now it's more logical to stand everybody on the third base side of the infield because everybody's trying to pull the ball and hit the ball out of the park. Right. And when you're facing a left-hander, it's more logical to stand on the other side of the field. So I don't, I don't see how like in reality you can ban the shift when there's no, we all see it as, Oh, there's a first baseman. There doesn't have to be a first baseman. Never has had to be a first baseman. Like that's never been the case. Right. That's what we assign as positions. You're going to go stand right there because that makes sense. But it just says put eight guys in the field and one guy in the mound or one guy, seven guys in the field, one guy in the mound and one guy behind the plate. And you don't even have to have a guy behind the plate necessarily. Right. I mean, you could just throw to the brick wall and see what happens. That's not very smart, but you could, you'd be hitting off. Honestly, it might not even be a bad idea. And this is by far not an original idea of mine. But like when you have nobody on base, why not put your catcher out in the field? Because it's still supposed to be a strike uh, until, I oh, mean, man. until two strikes have happened. Wait, so this is not your idea. Whose idea is this? Uh, it's another podcast that I listened to. The, the guy always said it, but. Yeah, I've uh, he's got some good ideas too. So I, I so I love it. Like that's that's brilliant. I would have never thought of it. And then just on your third strike, you put him back there because if you have a drop ball, then yeah. it's a 
So that's in, that very interesting. Like that <laughs> would have never crossed my mind. Yeah. Very cool idea. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's roll from baseball to our Badgers preview. And I'm going to kick off the. Let's finish our uh, uh, hot in the streets. I think you got one more. What do I got? Oh, so yeah. And I think this is a big one. I think this is something I want to at least like touch a little bit. So we'll make it quick, but I do want to touch this. Okay. So a fan sues Bobby Wagner for tackling him on the field. I think it was like a gender reveal that he was doing which honestly, probably the coolest gender reveal in a while. Um, but yeah, if you get tackled on the field, my opinion, uh, it's kind of your own fault. But what do you, how do you feel, Mike? You sound like you got something. Well, don't sue people over you doing stupid shit, right? So you get caught doing stupid shit. You get hurt doing stupid shit, maybe. That's your own fault. You break into a fucking house. You get hurt doing that. The guy beats the fuck out of you. Don't sue. You're a fucking asshole. Do nice things. Do what the rules tell you to do. And it's fucking any problem. Right? Yeah. No. And it wasn't even like that bad of a layout. Like I I watched it a couple times. Like I feel like that was one of the times where people were like, oh, he jacked him up. I was like, "Ah, he, I don't know. Basically like planted his foot in front of him. He did not lay him out. Yeah. Right. Right. So that dude ran into a guy who was probably four inches taller than him and three or 40 pounds bigger than him. And that's what happens. You fucking get laid on your ass. Yeah. 30 pounds of like pure fucking muscle though, compared yeah. to running into yeah. someone yeah. soft. But, but yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that you could even sue somebody for, like yeah, I want to know what court like thinks that this is like an acceptable use of time. Yeah, and I didn't dig into it that much. I just seen a I mean, tweet. Yeah, I just saw that he's gonna try, right? But like somebody's got to enter be entertaining that, and that's a judge somewhere that's entertaining the fact that he might have a case. So yeah, I mean, if you want to sue somebody for something like that, I do think you're a dipshit and kind of an asshole. But I do think your opinion should be heard. So hopefully their opinions heard and they're called that they're a dipshit that. And that's on top, on top of that, he's wasting the fucking courts time. Right. So like there's real things that need to be solved in those courts. A lot of, a lot of times where that could just get pushed out over fucking stupid shit like this. But yeah, no, I don't think it goes to the court like where the real shit's happening. I think it's stand in the back of the line of the <laughs> stupid shit court and you're going to get your time with the stupid shit. Like, yeah, uh, lo- I would lawsuits. I would love to believe that that's true, uh, but I don't know that I think that's accurate after I don't think uh, they're working with back. guys that go to court. Yeah, you know, once I guess or whatever. you're probably more familiar with the system than me, but. I don't think there's some murder trial or some thing that's getting pushed back because a guy's suing like that's small claims court or stupid shit court. I like, <laughs> I like to call that it stupid shit court. Yeah. And compared to criminal justice court, but yeah, I don't know. I don't even, I mean, you're still wasting the time of some judge somewhere. You're wasting their time. That's what right? they're so getting like, paid to do though. You're not wasting their time. They're getting paid a shit ton of money to sit there and listen to your stupid shit. Yeah, that's the taxpayer's fucking money. 
Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll give you that one, but it's it's your. No, uh, I get it. We're probably paying forty hours a week anyway, or whatever fucking hours they work, sixty hours, whatever it is. Uh, we're paying them that anyway, but I don't need them listening to that fucking dumb shit. Sorry, we're getting. I think we're getting into a pretty cussy <laughs> area of this uh, podcast. So yeah. I apologize to all you guys that feel like we should clean up our uh, speaking a little bit on that. But I think I'll this tell, guy's. An I'll idiot. tell you, you can eat a big bag of dog shit if you think that that's <laughs> what we got to do. <laughs> All right, Mike. So I get it. I get it. We've been complained about before, but we were getting pretty cussy there. And so I just don't think that this this guy should be entertained by either lawyers and or um, judges. But I get like why lawyers are. They're trying to make their money off of it. I get that. But tell him he's a fucking moron and move on. And that's where we'll leave it. All right, Mike. I do see you got a spicy meatball, but you got to get through your spicy meatball in less than three minutes. Let's let's roll. Yeah, yeah. No problem. If you don't comment, I'm going to be done in 45 seconds. All right. So now that there's a big change, we are going to uh, move from Chris to Leonard. And the Badgers are going to score 40-plus points predominantly through the air. Uh, Grand Mertz is going to completely turn the corner, realize that he's no longer on whatever leash he wants to be on. He is now on Ingram's leash. Ingram overhauls the offense almost overnight, and we turn into a predominantly passing offense and dominate Northwestern. I think that's the first time I'll ever get all five jalapenos, but since we got to keep it moving, I'll give you five jalapenos (laughs) and, and we'll keep it rolling. But, Mike, you've been giving us good transitions because we're going to transition right into the Badger game. And the Badgers head to Evanston to play Northwestern Wildcats this weekend. Badgers are a 10-point favorite, but this game never seems to be too easy for us. Uh, Badgers heading into Evanston since 2000 have been 1-6 in playing in Evanston. Uh, the Wildcats have lost their last four games and are desperate for a win. Lost a close one to Penn State, holding Penn State to 17 points, but I think that had more to do with the shit weather they were playing in than Northwestern's defense. Uh, the Badgers team was looking pretty shaken up after the Paul Chris firing, but the Badgers do look like a better team than Northwestern across the board in this one. And I'll give you a little bit of what Northwestern has been doing this year. So offense is nothing to write home about 114th in the country in scoring with 19.8 points per game. Ryan Hilinski, I'm going to say Hilinski is poop. Uh, Running back Evan Hall is a, is a pretty good player. Uh, he's fourth in the nation in all-purpose yards with 164 yards per game. Their wide receiver Malik Washington is serviceable. He's got 31 receptions this year, 347 yards, and a TD. Um, on defense, Northwestern is average at best. Uh, They're the 65th defense in the nation, allowing 24.8 points per game compared to Wisconsin, who's been 
I mean, they're middle of the pack as well right now at 46th in the country, allowing 22 points per game. But the Wildcats do have two pretty good linebackers in Bryce Gallagher and Sander Muller, uh, Mueller that make quite a few tackles. It looks like uh, that Sander Mueller's kind of got one of those guys that has an eye for the ball. He's got two picks. I didn't write it down, but he he's kind of a playmaker there. Um, but yeah, long story short, Wisconsin does not do well going into Evanston, Illinois. And I don't think this is going to be an easy game to win. We are the more talented team, but it's just kind of crazy. They're not crazy, but it's going to be interesting how the team responds to Chris getting fired. Personally, I think they're going to be offended by it because I think the smart players know that it's their fault, that if they didn't want him fired, they should have been playing better. And I think they're going to step it up. Sounds to me from the one interview I watched is there's no real bad blood between Chris and the team. Like, I think he's a smart enough guy to know, like, yeah, this wasn't good enough this year. I'm sure he's not like, oh, I should have got fired, but he seems like a smart dude where he knows, you know, there was grounds for being fired. So no ill will. I think they're going to play this for Leonard. I think they're going to play this for Chris. And I don't think that contradicts anything that they're doing. So I think the bad news come, come out and win this one, but I do think it's going to be a close one just because that's all it's ever been in Evanston since the year 2000. Yeah. So to some extent, I disagree, obviously. I think that, um, we're never going to lose in Evanston again. I think that this like is going to spark the move to being like dominating Northwestern when they're bad. Right. So obviously we can get a loss to them when they put together their team and they have a really good defense or something like that. I think that's what their coach does is he's a defensive guy. And on occasion he'll put together like a squad on defense that can really mess with a team. And I'm not saying we can't ever lose that game, but I think when they're a mediocre team and we're a plus team, we're not going to go in there and score 19 points anymore. We're going to figure them out because of like this, this, like a mindset going in that we're, we need to prove something that we're not a bad team that Chris didn't need to be fired but that might prove why he did is that he couldn't motivate them to move through the games that they should win. Right. If you can't motivate your team to get up for the games that you should win, that's when you need to be eliminated as coach. So there's, there's a few things that I wonder about, like what was Paul Chris like retirement strategy? Was he thinking five years and I'm out of here. And then we're going to get Leonard the job. And now that Leonard isn't going to be a badger for life because there's these major programs calling, say, like a Colorado or a Nebraska. Let's I like how you assume. go with I like how you go with Colorado. 
<clears throat> I mean, they were a premier program back in the day. I would like to see Colorado. But I'm just saying that that's a Pac-12 team. That's not like, I mean, Nebraska's not any good either. Like everybody pretends Nebraska is this like superpower of a program. They haven't been a superpower of a program since 94. Probably when Colorado was good too. So yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. No, fair enough. But like to pretend that they are this elite level program, they were not. So they were Miami 10 years before they were before Miami was, and they were USC 15 years before USC was USC. Right. They're just not that program that was what they were in, in the nineties. They had a, I mean, Scott Frost, I think one, one of Heisman there or whatever, and like was great. And they won what three out of four national championships. But that's the last time they've been even close to relevant in college football. They haven't been good. And so to say that they called and like, but I think that's a huge program to attempt to get into. I think any Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, SEC team, ACC team that wants to get in on a head coach and they call Jim Leonard, like it would be stupid for him not to jump on something like that. It would be yeah. detrimental to his own like career to say, no, I'm going to stick around here until Chris retires. So if they're calling, it's almost undoubtable that he has to leave. And yeah. so I think that's why you make the move. Um, I do think that the Badgers have a lot of talent and they're underperforming. And hopefully a – a move at the head coaching position makes them play just a little bit harder for the rest of the season to say, all right, so my job could be gone because the guy that recruited me could be gone. And the promises that they made when they were recruiting me that I was going to be, you know, a three-year starter could also be right out the window or whatever the promises is. To get guys to come in the door, you have to tell them that they're going to be doing something positive for the university, right? Unless they're, you know, if they were me, right? And they came in Wisconsin, knocked on my door and said, yeah, you want to play football for us? I would say, yep, I'm in. Let's go. But there's probably 15 guys out of the 100 that they have on their team that as long as Wisconsin knocked on their door, they're in, right? That's probably only 15, 15 guys or so. And maybe not even that. Like maybe if you play at a super high level, you never think like that. I guess AJ Hawk said that that was him. That if Ohio State knocked on his door, he was he was there. Yeah. And I think there's plenty of guys out there like that. And I think even you and I would say something like that, like, hey, we'll we'll go to Wisconsin. But I think I think that's kind of where you find your good recruiters and your bad recruiters. Cause I think there's on the Badger team, 15 guys that, that sounds about right to me. I'm not going to get into how many guys I think it, it would be, but I think like me and all my friends and your friends would be like, yeah, there's no, no way we would go anywhere else, but Wisconsin. But if you actually have like, Ohio State coming to your door, Alabama yeah. coming to your door, mm-hmm. basketball, if you have Kentucky coming to your door, like 
uh, Euro did. Um, I, I yeah, think I, I think your mind gets changed, like because like Al, like Alabama comes up to you and they're like, "We're gonna make you a pro. Like you're gonna be rich if you come to us." Like, yeah. And so, like to be fair, for me, there was like in like th- this was never an actual consideration for me. I was never like a plus enough player to play at the college level at all. I don't think. Right. So looking back at it now, like when I left, I thought, you know, maybe I could have. But currently, I look at the way college football is, and I don't think there's any possibility at all that I could have played at that level. Right. At any level, like Division Three, NAIA, none of that stuff. So I think you'd be a Division Three. You'd go, <laughs> you'd go to lacrosse and you'd be Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um yeah, real possibility. Uh, so, like, me thinking about this, but I've thought about this in the past, and, like, the only three places I would have ever even considered, and one is a little bit weird for me, but, like, I would have considered Florida State, I would have considered Notre Dame, and I would have considered uh, Wisconsin. And that's what I honestly think would have been my three schools, that if Florida State never knocks on my door and Notre Dame never knocks on my door, I don't touch any place else but ohio state like i have to think you know they're they're gonna show me something that like wisconsin can't they have the best facilities in the country or the most expensive facilities in the country they put the most money into it yeah no anyway getting back uh, to the badger game getting back to the badger game let's uh stop digressing i guess a little bit Um, yeah we were just going over mike's uh what Mike thinks about when he's zoning out, I could have been a badger. <laughs> no, I don't think I could have been anything. That's the problem. It actually hurts me down, deep down in my soul, right? That uh, I, that I, that's because awesome. I don't think I'm significantly smaller than most of those people. Right. All right. We will so we'll like, get off of your hopes yeah. and dreams, Mike, or your lost yes, hopes, hopes and dreams. dreams. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's oh, shit. 15 years ago now, 16 years ago. More than that. You could have done uh, it. Anyway. Like, I got faith in you. No, couldn't have. I know I couldn't have. That's what I wanted at the time, and I still didn't do it. So there's no way I could have done it. Um, so I think they have two good wide receivers. One of them is a running back. And then I, you mentioned the other guy earlier. He has about 400 yards through five games. Seems like the passing game is going to be what could be detrimental to the to the Badgers. They're Running game doesn't look good at all. Um, this looks like a good opportunity for the defense to really dominate in a game and do what they did, say, against Illinois State or against New Mexico State. Really just kind of pound on some teams and like get their get their swagger back a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean it's a game they definitely should win. They're ten point favorites, or maybe nine and a half. I don't know. I've seen it been swinging from eight and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half, or to ten. Uh, last I looked, it was ten. I guess I have it up right now. So it is so do they cover? 10. Yeah, I don't do think they cover so. Or not cover. I don't think so. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take them on a cover that I thought they were gonna cover against Illinois and. I don't know. They were like a negative 50 cover on against Illinois. So they better, 
they need to step it up if they want to be covering games, which I think is a big thing for boosters is covering games because boosters want to bet on their uh, teams. Yeah. Granted, I guess like technically you can't, but I think most do. Yeah. No, I think Pat's or Pat Fitzgerald's too good of a coach to like let a crappy Wisconsin team come in and just rub their nose in it. I hope I'm wrong. I do think the Badgers win this game. I do think it's going to be within 10 and a half points. It is Northwestern's homecoming game. I guess that's something else I failed to mention. So instead of uh, 50 people in the stands, they're going to probably have 100 people in the stands. Well, so, I was going to say 65. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you'll see the old empty house in Northwestern. But it's kind so of. I don't know that it's empty, but like they only have like a seating for like 6,000 people versus like. 80,000 for the batters, right? Like it's like stadium seating. Like it looks like you're going to a, like a big time high school game. I think I've actually sat at like larger stadiums at a high school game. Yeah. No, it's, it's a dump. I don't get how, but, but I do think Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach because what he's been able to do with Northwestern is you know, made them competitive a couple years. I think they made it to a Big Ten championship not too long ago. And as much like recruiting restrictions as Wisconsin has for like academics and shit, Northwestern has more of those. So so that that's going to be my reason that they keep it close. Homecoming, kind of Northwestern's on a four-game losing streak. You know, they're desperate. I guess Wisconsin's desperate as well. But, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. And I just think the uncertainty and, I mean, I guess there's certainty in coaching now that we have Jim Leonard that's going to be leading us. Uh, I'm going to say Wisconsin wins this game. I'll say 17-10. I wanted to wiggle it a little bit, but I wrote that down earlier. I'll keep it. 17-10. so you said the line was 10. Um, I'm, I would wonder where like the over-under is at for this. I don't think that um, they're going to be able to score much at all. All right. So it looks like uh, we got a 44 is the over-under on that. So um, which kind of tells you it's going to be what, like 25 to 14 or no, 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 no. I don't know. I can't do the math in my head yeah. right now, but anyway, but it, it sounds like they think Northwestern's going to be able to score real points. And I don't know that that's the case. I think that our defense, you know, looked bad last week, um, but predominantly on short fields, like they, they didn't get a lot of breaks, right. Their offense did not help them last week. And so I think the defense is out to prove a point. I think Jim Leonard is going to kind of emphasize that his he wants his defense to prove a point. And so I don't think Northwestern scores very much. I think they stay seven points, right? And I think the Badgers figure out a way to score. I said 40-plus, but I'm going to be honest here and think 31 to 35. 
right? I think that they're going to figure something out against this Northwestern's team. I hope so. I think my scores were a little low. I was going to, I was going to jack it up once I seen the over under, but whatever. All right. That is what we got for the Badgers. So Mike, tell me what we got for the Packers coming up this week. All right. So the Packers are playing in London at 8.30 a.m. Central time. So let's be honest. This is probably the greatest day of football you're ever going to have. Wake up. Packers are on at 8.30. Uh, You can either roll into the afternoon games and just kind of chill and watch those throughout the entire day. Or you can get stuff done at noon when they finish, which is kind of perfect. Like you just get to chill all morning and then once noon hits, do whatever. Um, so I think like I could get really used to watching the Packers play an 8.30 game every Sunday morning. That would be kind almost ideal to me. Noon games are pretty good, especially if there's football on before those noon games. But we don't see a whole lot of noon games out of the out of the Packers anymore, and so it's slightly disappointing to me. Anyway, uh, Giants are winning games. Their only losses to the Cowboys. They are not giving up a ton of points. I think the most they've given up is twenty three, and that was the Cowboys. Um, like right in that range, though, is what they give up. 20, 21. I think there's like a 17 in there. Um, Daniel Jones is a very mobile quarterback. Uh, He doesn't pass the ball down the field a ton, but he's going to get his rushing yards on you. He did have an injury in the last game, but he practiced Wednesday. I would imagine he practiced today. Um, So on track for maybe did not practice today due to the fact that they might have traveled today, right? So today is Thursday. Getting to London, you probably need a day, at least a day worth of rest. You can't, like, unless maybe they went on, like, Monday and then practiced Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. Um, I was surprised by that. In the Packers broadcast, they say they travel over there on Thursday. I think I would want more time, personally. So, uh, Rodgers was talking talking about it on Tuesday and said that they're a team that's leaving late to get there like thursday is a late leave day to get there and then other teams choose to leave like early in the week like monday or whatever so and i don't know exactly how the timelines work i'm sure people have opinions on it or whatever you know maybe if i mean the giants are going to fly from home to go out there anyway where the packers are probably going to hop to like a New York and then go to London. They're not going to go straight from Appleton. I wouldn't think, but you know, you never know. Uh, oh, you'd, you'd be surprised. They could probably charter something to do that. Yeah. The charter plane could do that. But then again, you're adding like three hours probably to your flight that would have been to New York. Right. Would be my guess. Like you're adding like three to four hours to your flight. If you don't, like do it like eh, maybe that maybe that's not an issue, especially no. if you're charter and stuff. I think yeah, I think you're right. I've I'm, flown from Tulsa to Ireland before in a straight shot, so they they can figure it out. Yeah, but they just expect you guys to like just fucking deal with whatever we tell you you're gonna deal with, right? It, it was actually a comfy flight, but 
<laughs> I and I'm sure NFL players get better treatment than I got on that flight, but I, I couldn't um, complain. I got fed like six times on that flight. Nice. Just kept bringing us food. That, that yeah, that's that's pleasant. I think that's part of that was not like a public flight, right? That was all you guys. Yeah, it was all us. Yeah, it was all the uh, Air Force or whatever. Anyway, we'll we'll move on. Um, Saquon Barkley is probably going to be the focal point of the offense. He's having a nice little resurgence of a season. The Packers need to kind of step that up. Didn't feel like they did a really nice job against Stevenson and Harris for the Patriots Mm -hmm. that they kind of let them run saying, you know, you guys run, figure it out, but we're going to make sure – you know, your passing attack cannot do anything. Yeah. Didn't even David Mike. Yeah. Even David Montgomery ripped us up for the Bears. I think he went for 122. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, uh, so, what I saw from the Giants when I was kind of looking at their stats is that they don't let guys in the end zone very much. So, the key to winning this game, I think, is going to be putting the ball in the end zone. Um, the Giants have kind of uh, stopped that, and if they can, if the Packers can punch in a few a few rounds, like it should be an easy roll away with this game win. Um, the really like wild card or like difference maker in this game is going to be that it's being played in London, and we watch teams go over to London all the time and play really bad teams and then lose, right? So the Jaguars go over there last year. Jaguars are a really not not a good team. Like they're not well coached. They're not disciplined. They're not doing anything right. They go over to London and they beat somebody like maybe the Dolphins. I can't remember exactly. I think it was two Florida teams. Yeah, I think you're right. Right. So uh, I think, yeah, like, but they won, right? So Urban Myers defeated in the the United States and undefeated in in Europe or something like that is what had happened at that point. He had not won a game here in the States and then goes to Europe and he wins that game. And I don't know how that works, how you prepare for that. Like if they're just had enough guys on their staff that had been over there and done games over there, that it made kind of a difference, right? Mike's if we a do big, this, if we're going to have. Mike's a big time zone guy. And with that being said, Giants have the, by far, well, not by far advantage. I guess it's Eastern to Central time, but, but yeah. Uh, so um, I would argue that I'm a situations guy, right? So that situations affect the way players play and that in the NFL, most players are pros and that they can figure out how to like adjust to most things. And that happens on both sides, right? And so if something is easier for another team to deal with, they're going to get the win. Um, I think that the Packers roster is more talented than the Giants roster. Uh, basically all the way down. I think I think Aaron Jones is more talented than Saquon Barkley, which is probably their most talented player on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, that I, that's I guess, bold, but I mean, he's he, right. I mean, it's right there. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's ridiculous difference, right? Yeah, if you look and at so, the numbers, but yeah, if you look at the tape, some of the stuff Saquon Barkley can do is just yeah. no. You don't not, see other guys can do that. Yep. 
Um, I think that the Packers are more talented, but if the uh, Giants are more well-adjusted to moving to London and like doing things in the correct way and almost like a week one scenario, right? Like if you prepared for week one properly, the Packers should play a much better game against Minnesota. And if yeah. they don't prepare properly, then they don't play a good game. And we saw what happened. And now, granted, Minnesota is what I consider a good team, and the Giants are what I consider a mediocre team. But that just means that maybe we get in a dogfight, and you can lose those dogfights. That's always possible, right? So last week, I don't think we prepared well for the Patriots, and we got in a dogfight. And we we scraped it out in overtime. Now that can always go the other way. Uh, like last year, a good example would have been the Bengals. We went in there and I don't think we thought we needed to prepare. And we ended up in a like game where it was Everyone a last was second. Missing field goals left and right. I think that's the guy yeah, the and, record for missed field goals in a game. Right. And we ended up in like winning by a field goal. And I don't know if it went to overtime or if it was a last second kick or whatever, but like, I don't think that game should have been anywhere near a field goal game. Like that's not what should have happened. The Packers at that point in the season were a much better team than the Bengals. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So I think that pros are pros for a reason in that, if you fail to prepare, it's a lot harder to win in the NFL. Yeah. So, and to a couple of your points, so I've read somewhere that the Giants are three and one in London. This is the Packers' first game going over there. So they're going to be new to it. The Giants have done it before. Uh, Giants scored 19 points a game. Packers score 18.8 points per game. Uh, but the, the weird thing about the Packers offense is like they're right up there in yards. I know you're looking at it right now. Um, six overall in yards, but uh, scoring 21st. So we just got to start finishing drives. I think this is a good team that we can start finishing drives against. I hope I'm a wishful thinker when it comes to the Packers, my Badgers, my Badgers, uh, optimism is kind of shifting not into so so optimistic but with the Packers I think we figured out against them I just think the Packers are a lot better team than the New York Giants and I don't think going to London is gonna gonna do much I, I I just think of it like an exciting trip for these guys and who wouldn't want to play good on that trip no, and like I hope that's the way they're reacting to this, but we've watched a lot of games go in London and you're like, oh, this is the obvious favorite here. And then it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. No, that is not how it always goes. Got anything more for the Packers Giants breakdown? Give me a score, Mike. Ooh. All right. So like we're right now we're looking at so we'll we'll jump right straight into our picks and we'll start with oh, the Packer game. I right? forgot so about we'll that. Just, we'll just go right into the picks and then we're gonna go Packers are minus eight. 
yep. in London. Technically, I think they're the home team. They're playing in Tottenham. Yeah. Is that correct? Yep. Riley's okay, going to so be creaming in his jeans this weekend. Yeah. And so last week they played in the Hotspur Stadium as well. So I would assume that that's where they're at this week. Again, yep. uh, I'm going to take the Packers 24 to 10. I don't see the Giants being able to score on them. All right. like, I have a, too much faith in the Packers uh, defense, I think, is what everything comes down to. Now, like I said, London makes it sketchy for me. I'm going to say Packers 28 to 13 is, is what it. I got there. So All what right. we're telling you is that the Packers are going to cover, and you should roll with us because we always take the Packers to cover. Yes, always. Yeah, we we haven't been doing too good against the spread when it comes to Packer games. Um, I don't know what it's because the us. Packers aren't doing too good when it comes to the spread. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, so we have the game going on right now. We both took the we both took the Colts plus three and a half. We're sitting good in that one. That game's tied up at 6-6 right now with four minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter. But I'm going to let Mike lead off. And the first game we're going to do is the Steelers at the Bills. And the Bills are minus 14 points. Who do you got, Mike? So uh, I got the Bills, but this is a game that I was like both ways on. And the reason I ended up with the Bills is due to the fact that I think a number this large it's either a blowout or the Steelers win it outright. And I don't think that the Steelers can win this game outright. Yeah, no, I got the bills. Bills are the class of the AFC. I think uh, they went down yep. to Miami, got a loss, but I think that's more of an interdivisional thing. Uh, Miami knew what was coming to them, but anyways, the bills just kicked the ever living shit out of Steelers in my opinion. Uh, next thing we have is Chargers minus two and a half at the Browns. I'm taking the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a better team than they've been playing this year. And I think the Browns are okay. But I think the Chargers kind of need a win. Uh, they're sitting at two and two and playing in the AFC West. So if they don't win this one, you know, they're going to be in trouble when they get into uh, the divisional play. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Browns due to the fact that, like Pat says, I like the times and situations that teams play in. This is a noon game, I would assume, I guess. I didn't – maybe I did check this. I think I did. Uh, this is a noon game for the Chargers on the East Coast, maybe Central time. I don't know where Cleveland is for sure. It's East. Uh, it's East Coast? Okay, so yeah. if, it's, if it's Eastern Standard Time – I like the Browns even more central standard time. It's just early for the, the chargers to play a game. And so that's why I'm taking. I think that those games end up being traps for games guys from the West coast. Time zones break my mind so much, but I, I don't give a shit about it. Um, yeah, no, let's roll on to the next one where we have the bears at the Vikings. The Vikings are minus seven lead it off. Mike. So I'm taking the Vikings. I think that uh, the Bears are exceptionally bad. Um, I guess the issue could be that the Vikings defense is exceptionally bad and the Bears defense is okay, right? So the Bears defense is the plus part of their team. However, I expect the Vikings offense to put up at least 28. I don't think the Bears can put up 
15 on anybody. Yeah, I'm going to go they with the Bears. They probably already have, but. Yeah, no, I'm just yep. going to go with the Bears. Uh, inner division, Bears aren't traveling that far. I know I said I'm not a big time zone guy, but I just think the Bears can keep it close. I think the Vikings are winning this game, but I think it'll be closer than expected. Uh, next game we have is Lions at the Patriots. Patriots are minus three. This game looked like just a trap to me. Uh, I thought the Patriots would be more than three, not much more than three, but minus four or five. And that's why I'm going to pick the Lions. Lions had a pretty good offense. And I think Vegas knows something that I don't know. So that's me picking off the line. Yeah, so I was going to, like, I was thinking. So right now I have the Lions written down. I was thinking about changing it. And then Pat started talking and convinced me to stick with the Lions. But the reason I'm sticking with the Lions is because I think their defense is actually really good, despite what happened in last week's game. I think their defense is a decent team. And the Patriots are dinged up offensively, and they're not good to begin with offensively. Yeah, and and that's a good point, too, because I don't even know if Hoyer's playing or if – I don't – Yeah, Hoyer's – There's a – like an outside shot that Mac Jones could play. I don't expect that to be the case. Yeah, he's questionable on the – uh, injury report, um, which I hate the injury report. I don't know if I got into this last week, but I liked the old probable, questionable, doubtful out ratings. Now we just basically have questionable or out is basically, I think I've seen some doubtfuls in there, but whatever. Uh, we will keep it rolling. And next thing we have is Seahawks at the Saints. Saints are minus five and I am going with the Saints because I think what the Seahawks did to the Lions last week I think it was 48 to 43 I think that Lions defense is dog shit I know you just just pumped them up a little bit uh, but that Saints defense is for real for real and I just don't think the Seahawks are going to have much yeah, much to do against them. Uh, I agree. I think the Saints defense is very, very good. I think they're at home. Um, I don't think the Seahawks are good in general, right? So I don't think their offense is good. I don't think their defense is good. Um, I think they see the Lions as a negative team, and so they outperformed in that game. And so I expect the Saints at home to dominate the Seahawks. I expect this to be a 10 to 15 point game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see uh, Geno Smith doing too much against, against uh, this Saints defense. So next thing we have is Dolphins minus three and a half at the Jets. And I'm going to let Mike let her rip in that one. So I'm going with the Dolphins here. I think that they are a, they're a plus team. I think the Jets have an opportunity to, like really kind of change the way their momentum is going and how their team looks at the season, but I don't expect them to win at all. 
Do you know is two two has got to be out for this game, right? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. definitely yeah, yeah. seeing that. So I'm gonna go with the Jets uh just due to that factor, even though I think the Dolphins are a much more talented team, even without Tua on the field. But this is another one where I kind of looked at now it's like uh it looks trap-ish to me because I think the Jets are not a good team. The Dolphins are a good team. Um, I see Waddle's questionable, but I don't know what that means with the new. Not it's not even new. It's like probably five years old with the new injury report. Right. But, but uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go with the Jets. Leave it at that. Uh, next game we have is Falcons at the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are minus nine and a half. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I. Th- think that one's going to be just a uh, shit pumping, especially with Cordero Patterson going down. I don't see what that Falcons offense can do to keep them too close. Cause like I was saying every time I do love this Falcons team, but I don't know how much I love them without Patterson. I don't know how much smoke and mirrors is going to do against a good Buccaneers defense. And then a Buccaneers team that's two and two that needs a win. Yep, and then their defense against the run is dominant, right? So, like, the Buccaneers' defense feels yeah. like it holds holds the run to, like, nothing. They're good against the pass, and so if you have a mediocre quarterback that's trying to pass, and so even if the Falcons decide to adjust everything and just, like, air raid-type offense, go to Drake London and Kyle Pitts just a boatload of times, even if you decide to do that, the Bucks defense is so good. I don't know that you're scoring very many points, even with smoke and mirrors. So yeah. I'm taking the Bucks here as well. All right. Next game. Titans minus two and a half at the Commanders. Mike, who are you going with? I'm taking the Titans. I think the Titans have figured out that you roll with Derrick Henry until you can't roll with Derrick Henry. And so they're gonna they're gonna figure this game out. And I am going to take the commanders and I have no clue why other than the line looked like a trap to me. So that's all I got for you. So next game we have is Texans at the Jaguars. Jaguars are minus seven and I am going to go with the Jags. I think our boy Doug Peterson's turned those bad boys around. And I think my opinion at the beginning of the year about the Texans has kind of been changed on me. I, I I don't think that they're like that solid of a team. Um, Cause I was using a guy that was a Texans expert from last year. Um, but I think the Texans are pretty damn bad. And I think the Jaguars are actually good. So I'm going with Jaguars. So I think the Jaguars defense is very good. I don't know that their offense is exceptional. Um, I'm going to take the Texans because I think Davis Mills figures out a way to keep this within seven, not because they're going to win. Nice. All right. Next game, 49ers minus six and a half at the Panthers. And what do you got, Mike? Uh, I got the Niners. Um, I think the Panthers are bad. This is an afternoon game, so this does not fall into my, like, guys from the West Coast moving to the East Coast and playing a game. Uh, Noon game normal timed game for the west coast um their three o'clock games are being played at 
one o'clock or whatever. So it's not like ridiculous time difference. Um, I think the Niners are good. I think Jimmy G, you know, makes them way more efficient. And I think the Panthers aren't very good. They're not putting anything together. Could this change this week? Yeah, I guess it could, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. I was going to say, on this is one I'm very confident in the 49ers, but that means that the Panthers could do something to them. But I mean, their biggest weapon in Christian McCaffrey is, uh, you know, going against a pretty tough defense in the 49ers and the 49ers offense is very good at staying on the field. So, I mean, they, they're just a team that can dominate uh, time of possession and got a good defense and Panthers are poop. Um, next game we have is the Cowboys at the Rams. Rams are minus five and a half and I'm back on the Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys and I'm going to give it my double dog. Um, I think the, the boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Cooper Rush is legend, lives on. Uh, he wins this one and we got a quarterback controversy in Dallas after this game. I think that you already do have a quarterback controversy in Dallas, which is what I would consider relatively dumb, right? But just pick a guy and move on. Like it doesn't probably matter who you take. They're probably just about the same thing. Long run, Dak might be a little bit better, but that should, might be just history talking to me. And then I'm going to take the Rams in this game because they're at home. They just got embarrassed by a, probably a pretty good 49ers team, a team that's going to make the playoffs and going to give somebody a problem in the playoffs, probably the Packers because that's the way the fucking shit goes. But um, they're, they're, they, they just got embarrassed, and I think they're going to come out and they're going to want to prove a point. And I don't think the, the Cowboys defense can stop them from proving that point. All right. I like it. Uh, next game we have is Eagles minus five at the Cardinals. Where are you going, Mike? Uh, going to go with the Eagles minus five. I guess in my mind, they are the team in the NFC until they aren't. And so I don't think the Cardinals have performed overly well. Maybe they can figure something out, but going to take the Eagles, even though I want to hate them real bad. Not positive. I think I hate teams that everybody else wants to pump up in. So, yeah, no, you got I'm that taking the Eagles, you. though. You got that in you. So I love the Eagles this year, but I also think the Cardinals are a better team than what they've been playing. I think the Eagles win this game, but I think the Cardinals keep it close. And I also could even see the Cardinals winning this game, but I am going with the Cardinals there. So next game we have is Bengals at the Ravens. Ravens are minus three. And this was a tough one to me, but I'm going to go with the, the Ravens. I do think the Ravens are kind of the class of the NFC North right now. Um, both teams, two and two. Ravens kind of pissed one game away against the Dolphins. Uh, probably should, could and should be three and one. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think I would have gave this game if they both weren't two and two teams i would have gave this game to the team with the worst record the hungrier team but we got two hungry teams coming in 
I'm going to give it to the team that runs the ball better. All right. So I'm going to give it to the Bengals. I'm going to make this my double dog. I don't think what I think happens in this game is the Ravens have a seven point lead going into halfway into the fourth quarter. And then they shit the bed, just like they've done a couple of times against the, they did that against the bills. And they also did that against the dolphins. They have big leads and then like can't figure out how to keep them. Their back end defense doesn't know how to play it like a prevent. So you should just play a normal defense. Maybe, I don't know. And then the Bengals, I think, play better in the second half is the way it feels to me is that they get down early and then they win games late. And so that's where I'm at with the Bengals game is that the Ravens don't know how to keep a lead and the Bengals know how to snatch one. They figured that out last year. All right. That was the Sunday night game. And we'll finish it off here with the Monday night game where we have the Raiders going to Kansas city and the chiefs are minus seven in that game. And Mike, Send it back. Lead it off. So I'm going to go with my former hometown team, the Chiefs. Um, I don't like them, but uh, I don't think many people beat them with Patrick Mahomes at home. Yeah. No, it, it's a tall task for the Raiders, but I think the Raiders, yeah, it just are a better team than they performed this year. And they're one and three. They're going against the Chiefs team that's three and one. I think they're going to keep them close. I think they're going to give the Chiefs a fight. Um, I could be a dipshit because what the Chiefs can do to people in Arrowhead is is just embarrass them, pull their pants down. Uh, but I do think the Raiders team is better than they've been performing. And I think they keep it within seven points. So I am going to go with the Raiders there. And if you want to hear how we're doing this year in Bing Bong. So last week, Mike goes six and 11 for minus 610 Bing Bongs. I went 12 and five for plus 650. Mike leads the Bing Bongs on the year being minus 210. And I am right on his heels now, minus 310. Loser of this challenge has to shotgun a sun drop run it then run a 10k so shotgun before the 10k run a 10k uh after the 10k they have to do a shoey uh with do you do you want to make it a certain beer or beer beer of our choice i don't know i was drinking hams tonight so that's the cheapest beer i've ever found i think right, that's we'll not do- not ever found so I, whatever you want me to drink i don't give a fuck okay hams. i guess if you made it like a like a guinness that would be a little bit tougher but Okay, we'll just do beer of choice and then with a custom shirt that's an embarrassing shirt that the winner picks for the loser. And yeah, and then they do that shoey at the end with a beer of their choice. But unless Mike has something that's going to wrap up this episode of Banging on the Drum, Mike didn't put his finger up. He gave me the head shake. So Thank you all for listening. We appreciate the support. We love you guys. Um, And Mike's going to tell you to tell some friends, to tell some friends, to tell some friends, because we need people to start telling some friends that tell some friends that tell some friends. And Mike, what else do you got? 
Uh, yep, I think Pat's got it right on the nose. Be a friend, tell a friend, download it on the on your devices. Uh, just make sure it downloads every week. So subscribe to it. Subscribe to it on your lady's phone. Um, or your then, man's or your man's phone. Or, or your man's. Um, yeah, that's, yep, do that too. Or your kids, whatever. I don't give a fuck, right? So just any device that you can find to download it on, do that. And then all you suckers that are doubting the Packers, the Badgers, the Bucks, or the Brewers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them seasons they doubted the Packers came. Eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. Eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the past king. Eat my shows. Eat my shows.